I'm Heather Roberts here with Matt Noble from ODOT's Climate Office, and we're going to talk micromobility. Thanks for joining me, Matt. Thanks, Heather. Happy to be here. First of all, what the heck is micromobility? Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a esoteric term, but it really refers to uh, small mobility devices that can travel up to 30 miles per hour and that are powered uh, at least in part by electric drivetrains or motors. So common ones that people may have seen around their communities are uh, e-bikes, electric bicycles, or um, e-scooters. I think anyone who's been to a major city in the state or really anywhere in the world in the last couple of years has seen like those, you know, electric scooters like bird and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's really what we're talking about here, including um, other mobility devices like um, electric wheelchairs. So ODOT has been studying how to increase the use of these these e-micromobility vehicles. And I think of them, frankly, as being used more by younger people, college-age students, the 20-somethings. Um, how do we increase their use to, to everybody? It's really, I mean, I think you've, you, you, you hit upon an important point and impetus behind the study is that, you know, a lot of folks may not understand that uh, electric micromobility devices really offer a range of uh, uses. You know, they're not just for recreation. They're not just this kind of novelty. I mean, they're great for commuting. They're great for doing errands, getting groceries. And even some companies are using them for uh, deliveries, right? Like last mile from warehouse to your doorstep deliveries using e-bikes and other things like that. So yeah, they're, they're a really diverse uh, use case. And that's why we wanted to really understand them with the study was because obviously we are in the infrastructure business and we want to you know increase the amount of infrastructure we have available for these devices and also increase the options that people have when they travel. And so the more data and the better understanding we have from studies like this means we can more accurately make decisions, and also, importantly, tell our story to the folks that uh, supply us with funding to make these projects happen. It's an interesting point. ODOT, we think it's the Oregon Department of Transportation. You guys manage highways and and big state roadways, state projects. These are things that typically travel in the bike lane, right? I mean, these aren't, these mm-hmm. aren't vehicles that are traveling up and down Highway 97 or I-5. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 you touch upon really one of the biggest barriers that the study um, identified was that just lack of safe connected infrastructure is the single uh, largest barrier for more people choosing to use a uh, electric micromobility device. Um, so that's things like, like you said, yeah, making sure that travel lanes are wide enough to accommodate these devices, making sure that they have secure parking facilities, um, that you can charge them in public because, you know, maybe charging at home is an option for a lot of people. But if you're using the device a lot every single day, it also might be nice to have a secure public charging uh, uh, station as well. So you can, you know, juice back up before you do, you uh, do whatever you have to do. And making sure that cycling and, you know, uh, rolling infrastructure is also uh, incorporated into the broader transportation system, right? We don't want to make this an afterthought. We want to bake it in as part of our planning and our projects. What other things did you guys learn in the study? Hit some hit some highlights for me. Quite frankly, a lot of e-bikes and scooters and other devices, they're just really expensive and they are out of reach for a lot of people. They just can't afford to buy them, even if they uh, are really Jones into. And so making sure that like rebates and financing and incentives um, for these devices are as accessible as possible and open to as many people can really speed up adoption. 
Um, we also learned that equity is very important, as it is in all transportation uh, projects and work that we do, and that our underserved communities in the state do face larger barriers to using uh, electric micromobility devices. And so when we design those programs and policies, we really have to make sure that they're centered around and they also involve folks from those underserved communities so we make sure that we're serving their needs adequately. More related to that is, uh, yeah, we have to make sure that laws and regulations and funding have to all align with each other because it's it can be kind of a mishmash and maybe programs and policies are being created in silos or things like that. So that's bad and something we want to avoid and make sure that there's broad collaboration at all levels to make sure that we're all uh, marching to the same beat, or I guess riding to the same beat in this in this context, however you want to say it. Rolling? Do you roll to beats? I, I don't think that's right. Yes. I think <laughs> I think riding, rolling, We're going to start a new, uh, a new uh, colloquialism. Through <laughs> all of this study, what can ODOT do, if anything? I mean, ODOT doesn't make laws. You don't, you know, how mm -hmm. how are you going to, how's your agency going to actually implement changes to address the things in the study? Well, I think in a few ways. I mean, like I said earlier, this study really gives us a very clear picture of the micromobility, uh, you know, industry and trends and, and like, I, like I just went over barriers to adoption and, you know, getting more people to use them. So we can use that to then inform programs and policies that we do have control over. Um, for instance, I mean, we have our innovative mobility program, which provides um, grant funding to, if you can believe it, innovative mobility projects. So, you know, maybe a nonprofit wants some assistance with providing bike helmets for children, right? I mean, that is something that that program can fund, but also... That is a direct result of, okay, underserved communities may need more access to things like helmets, right? And so that's something that we can learn from this study. It's really also on the funding side, we are looking at a infusion of $100 million over our last budget cycle. So for 2024 to 2027, we have $100 more million for active and transport and uh, active and public transportation to uh, infuse our work with. So we're very excited about that. We also just hired a dedicated uh, micro mobility coordinator uh, in our agency. So we're very excited to have them on board and they will focus on uh, really looking at the takeaways and recommendations from the study and seeing how we can implement those in our uh, policies and programs moving forward. Now in, in Bend, Pacific Power just, well, they did this all over the state. They just released a bunch of grant money for EV projects. And in Bend, a couple of those grants went to organizations to provide e-bikes and and some of that uh, micro-mobility transportation. They also are funding a car sharing study and some other things like that. But you've got the private sector, or in this case, a public utility, but essentially a business helping to fund that. Does ODOT end up partnering at all with those types of programs? Or is that a, just a completely separate coincidental because of the time that we're in kind of thing? I think it's a little more on the latter of a coincidental timing. However, you really do highlight, you did highlight a very important piece of all this, which is public-private partnerships, is that we can't be working in the dark from each other and we have to partner with the industry to really drive this forward. And that's something that has become very apparent in the um, larger electric vehicle area. So, you know, cars, trucks, SUVs. And so we have a lot of experience there. And so we want to take a lot of that learning into the electric micromobility space and yeah, find ways to have uh, positive partnerships with private companies and 
fun example for you. Uh, last uh, year, the the owner of the West Coast Electric Highway Charging Station Network, so that's about 44 charging stations privately owned. They're all through California, um, Oregon, and um, uh, Washington, but there's 44 in Oregon. And part of their upgrade project that they started last year and will complete this year, they're including uh, an outlet to charge micro mobility devices. And so it's just a nice uh, public charging option for people who are zipping around on e-bikes and scooters and whatnot. But that's really an example of, you know, how can we leverage existing relationships that we have and how can we make new ones with these private companies to serve all different kinds of um, electric uh, vehicles in our state. Okay. We are out of time, but my, my last question for you, is there mm -hmm. ever going to be a time where e-bikes, e-scooters are going to exceed the population of their, their foot powered counterparts? I mean, we, bikes are popular, regular, just pedal your bike around town is popular. Are e-bikes going to take over? I don't know. I don't think they'll take over, but I definitely think they'll they will have their they will have their place. I mean, I think e-bikes are a boon for people who may be unable for whatever reason to use a more traditional, you know, human, a fully human powered bike. And like we said before, I think they open up a lot of options for, for you know, last mile deliveries and things like that. So I don't know if I don't know if there's a takeover coming, but I think they will be uh, friendly neighbors, all sharing the same connected, safe in, in infrastructure. At least that's our that's our hope. Also good for hills. Who wants to pedal up a hill? Exactly. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm so jealous of of, the, of those e bike users zipping along up hills. They go so up jealous. hills, no problem. That's right. Okay, we are out of time. Matt Noble, ODOTS uh, with ODOTS Climate Office. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you, Heather. My You're pleasure. listening to FM News 100 and 1110 KBND.